This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Mario Andrade. So how's your day today? It just sounds like we haven't seen each other for, for a year now, right? <laughs> okay, we spent the whole day sitting next to each other, so <laughs> I guess I can tell you how your day was. Uh, it was a pretty normal day, yeah, just, that's uh, right. just a lot a normal of sitting work and day. working. Yeah, just a normal work day. But I do have a question for you, though. Yes, what is it? Um, why do you think so many people out there are hesitant to identify themselves as Christians? Um, maybe fear of rejection? I believe that's a pretty accurate answer for most cases. And do you have any other ideas? Well, I can tell you for sure that I've been through some fear in my life. And in my early walk with Christ, I definitely didn't feel like I was capable of answering questions if somebody else across the room would ask them to me. And I was fearful that I wouldn't have the answer. And I was afraid of being embarrassed in front of everybody, mm-hmm. I guess. And maybe also giving God a bad name if you answered the question wrong or something like that? That's right. Sometimes we come across people who say that they don't believe in what the scripture says, but they try to use scripture to put you against the wall. And in my early walk with Christ, I always had a, a certain resistance towards those people who would try to push scripture to put me in the spot. I I was never a person who liked to be in the spotlight. I mean, that that's definitely a terrifying feeling to be put on the spot, I think. Especially if someone is, you know, someone's coming to maybe interrogate you in some form or fashion. Right. Like, how can I proclaim that I'm a Christian if I don't know scripture, right? That, that was my thought. How am I going to react if someone else asked me a question about scripture that I'm supposed to know that I don't know? Hmm. And I'll just give a God a bad name and at the same time put myself in a shameful position. Mm. Well, the good news is that God doesn't call us to have all the answers. He calls us to proclaim his name and the gospel. That's right. And I mean, after you grow and after you understand that the walk with Christ is more than just answering questions that other people have about the Bible, it's about your intimacy with God and the experience you have with him throughout life. So the answers about the the scripture comes later as you study the scripture, as you understand and start building this intimacy with God through prayer, through reading the scripture, through talking to other godly people. And also, like, we're never going to know all the answers. So sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know everything. Absolutely. And um, we, we can also say, hey, yes, I don't know this at this point in time. But you know what? Uh, I know who has the answer for us. So let's ask him to reveal himself to us. We just sit there and pray and have a good time and <laughs> enjoy a enjoy a meal afterwards. Because we love we love to. <laughs> yeah, eating we? is a is a great way to further the gospel when it's done in his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, going back to the main point here, um, when we are experiencing those fears, those feelings in our lives, or whenever we understand that God is the one who gives us the knowledge and equips us to go forward and proclaim his name, we start putting those feelings of fear aside and start exercising more our position here as ambassadors of Christ. With that being said, that's how we start making a difference in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. That's how we proclaim God's name unashamed and fearlessly. So with that in mind, I would ask you to read Luke 18 through 20. Okay. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, 
He asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. There are a few things that I can highlight here in this passage that we're trying to put as an example here to feel confident about talking about Jesus, about God. We need to have intimacy with him. Hmm. We need to know him. Otherwise, we won't be able to talk about something that we don't know that well. And how do we go about developing that intimacy? I believe that the best way to start, especially for younger Christians, is praying. Because when you talk to God, I, I believe that prayer is essential in a Christian's life. I believe prayer is something that you should do at all times, right? As Paul said once. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So having a time where you pray and develop that relationship with God is essential for you to start having that closeness. Yeah, and I, I think it's too so important that you mentioned like setting a, setting aside a part of you. I mean, pray without ceasing. I mean, that's when we practice this discipline of prayer, this, this habit of praying. Um, prayer becomes as natural to us as our thoughts, but it starts with to set aside a separate time with no distractions where we can just talk to God and listen to God. Because I, th- I think like when, when you go out with a friend, you want to tell them about a story or something cool that happened to you and they're just like checking their phone the whole time. Like, I'm sure you don't feel like it's it's good quality time and you can never really build a connection with them because they're focused on something else. And so it's the same with prayer. We can never really build a connection with God if we don't focus on the prayer. Does that make sense? Right. As we are looking here in Luke, Jesus was setting a time in private to pray. Mm. He was praying in private, right? Mm -hmm. That has a significance. I believe that when we do separate the private time, it's just a conversation between you and God. It makes a lot of difference. Imagine, I mean, we know, right? We're married. Imagine how good it is to set a, a time aside to communicate that time in life where you feel like you need some help or you feel to just to take things off your chest and let things go and and, and I mean blow some steam or yeah. something like that you know it's very important that we do that as a couple so it's the same concept as I need to talk to you in private in order to make sure our relationship is closer yeah. in order to make sure we understand each other. We'd just be like roommates if we never did that. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't want that kind of relationship with God. We don't we want to be roommates with God. Yeah, we want to be We want to be intimate, mm-hmm. right? We want to be close to Him so we can actually tell other people how awesome He is based on the experiences we have with mm-hmm. Him. Spending time alone with God is one of the best ways to develop that. And then the love will overpower the fears of rejection because when we experience that, we see how great God is and how awesome it is. And then that overflows from us and the spirit works in us to conquer those fears. And Absolutely. We see in Luke that Jesus is giving an example here on how to live life. He was fully God and fully man. Right. So he had full connections with the father and still set aside private time to pray a private time to talk to god yeah it's if jesus was doing that that means it's definitely important for us exactly yes so it is important for us to get to know him get to know who he is Mm -hmm. and to recognize him 
it is important for us to pray, not just throughout the day while we're doing things, but also to set a time aside and dedicate that time to God. Is it okay if I continue on here, 21 through 24? Yeah, sure. Go okay. ahead. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. That's right. So it goes back to the first point we've made, which is to be fearful of being rejected because of Christ. Right. Because of what we know or don't know about Christ. Like, it's not about us anymore. Now we understand that we need to deny ourselves in order to make Christ living in us and reflect Jesus's life through our lives, wherever we go and whatever we do. I believe that one of the main things here is that he says it's necessary. Hmm. I think that's a very important word. It's necessary that the son of man suffer many things and be rejected. There's that so, word, rejected. Exactly. So if it's necessary that Jesus go through that, why are we trying to avoid being rejected? Why are we even considering staying in our comfort zone and not living a life where we proclaim the gospel? Maybe maybe because we're trying to save our lives ourselves. That is not how it works, right? Yeah. And, I mean... <laughs> and I mean, we know that, but it's still like it's a difficult first step it's to take, right? such a difficult right? thing. This, because it doesn't make sense in our human minds. Like, we have to experience a new life. We have to experience being born again. And we have to experience life in Christ before we can even understand or comprehend what that verse really means. So what, why did Jesus say that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer those things and be rejected by elders, chief of priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day? Because that was the redemption plan. From, the be- from Genesis 3.15. Yes. We were created to live a life connected to God. And because of sin, this connection was broken. And Christ came to restore that connection. Christ came to connect us back to God. And it was necessary that he suffered many things and be rejected by those and be killed and resurrected because someone needed to pay for our sins. And yeah. we, we weren't able to rescue ourselves from the mess that we created. So out of love, out of an abundant love for us, God sent his son to die for us and pay the price of our sins. So we could once again be connected to him. And that's why verse 24 says, whoever loses their life for me will save it because Jesus is our savior. And through him, that's the only way that we could ever be saved. All other paths lead to death. So I have one more question for you before we move on. Okay. So we're here and we're arguing the point that we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about Jesus and who he is, right? Right. So can you help me understand verse 21 when it says, Jesus strictly warned the disciples not to tell anyone. Okay, in order to answer your question, um, could you read verses 24 through 27? Okay, sounds good. Thank you. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them. 
when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So what Jesus was saying about strictly warning and instructing them to tell to no one, it was simply because it was necessary that those things were happening to him. So it wasn't about proclaiming his name. It wasn't about proclaiming his name, but it was about simply so it wouldn't compromise the redemption plan on verse 21. That has nothing to do with proclaiming his name because later on he even says on verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and the Holy Angels. So, does that answer your question? Yeah. To complement that, we could also remember about the Great Commission, where we were told to go and tell all the nations and everyone about Jesus, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So, we are commended to share the gospel. Yeah. That was a good question, though. Oh, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for hearing me out. So, to summarize here, I'd say that we've talked about the importance of prayer. Right. Prayer is very important for you to start developing the relationship with Christ and the intimacy in this relationship, right? And obviously, reading Scripture is an awesome way to develop that relationship as well. But to separate, and we were talking about separating a time of prayer right. and, and its importance, time where you are alone with the Father, with the Creator of everything, and taking up your cross daily and denying yourself okay. daily, Daily. That's a key word right there. Daily. It's every day. It's not something you do once it's, in your it's lifetime. It's like a discipline that you 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 must do every day or we won't make it. Right. We need to live for Christ. He paid the price in our behalf. And there's nothing more fair than giving ourselves and our whole lives to him. Dedicating our life to him. Right? So we have to deny ourselves daily. Pick up our cross and follow him. And with that, live a life unashamed of him. Not a life where we hide ourselves across the room to not talk about Christ because we don't want to engage in conversation. We're fearful of rejection. We are called to live a life unashamed. There's freedom in living a life unashamed. Absolutely. And there is only possible because of what we can see all the way in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. So in Christ, we're made new. And because of that, we don't need to live a life ashamed anymore. We don't need to live a life of fear. We don't need to have those feelings anymore because Christ took that down on the cross. So we are called to live a Christ-like life as we renew our minds. Daily. Daily. In Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed with this age, but be transformed by renewing your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Then it comes back to everything is daily, 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 daily. Right. And, and when we recognize that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. It's all we, we want every day. Right. That's all I want. I want to have an eternal life where I can worship God every single day. Live to worship Him in everything I do. 
live a perfect life connected with Him forever. And the only way to do that is through Christ. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.